Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Jesus saves and then send the lights. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light. Shine from shore to shore, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Good to have you in the Lord's house this morning for the worship hour. Gonna ask the brother Tommy Hogan here visiting his daughter and uh, brought his family. Would you open us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day and the opportunity to once again gather in your house today. And Father, I pray that you would just have your hand on the message and on the singing. Lord, that we would draw closer to you in each and every way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Brother Tommy is going to be preaching for us this evening. Brother Tommy pastors down in Louisiana. And uh, we're grateful I know that a number of times they've almost been washed out to sea, but every time they've been able to hang on to the rocks, and good to have them with us here.
Thank you very much. We appreciate that so much. I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing together, facing a task unfinished, and then you're the word of God across the lands. We sing a couple of verses. It goes like this. You're the word of God, the Father, from before the world began. Every star and every planet has been fashioned by your hand. All creation holds together by the power of your voice. Let the skies declare. With a shout, you rose victorious, resting victory from the grave, and ascended into heaven, leading captives in your way. Now you stand before the Father, interceding for your own, from each tribe and tongue and nation, you are leading. is going to come up. He's going to take a few minutes, talk to us about his ministry in the Philippines, and we also have a quick video. Um, good morning, church. Good morning, Pastor. Once again, um, it's a blessing to be here again in your church. I came here back 2015, and uh, that time, I am really blessed because I have here an opportunity to share um, my burden back in the Philippines and I'm so thankful to Pastor Tim Taylor because I am honored you know to stand at, at his pulpit you know to 
Because that time, I was really struggled in English. You American speaking English is like a piece of cake. <laughs> but for me, that time, it's like I'm climbing a mountain. But praise God, the Lord allowed me to be here in your country. By the way, um, you know, I grew up in a broken home. My life before is really miserable, wasted, neglected, rejected, especially to my family. Because they always told, told to me that I am nothing. When my mom giving birth to me, that was 1985, September, uh, last month, I was turned 37. When my mom giving birth to me, I was seven months premature. And that time in the Philippines, it's very seldom to survive because I'm very tiny, but now a little bit bigger, amen? <laughs> yes, the doctor is really shocked because uh, he thought that I could not able to survive. But by God's grace, um, I can survive and I'm here. And because of that seven, seven month premature, my cousins, my uncle, my relatives always bullied me that I am nothing and totally nothing. There's, there was a point that, you know, I want to go to a private school to, to study. But they said to me, oh, you're, you, do, you can't do anything. Just go to a public school in the Philippines because the public school in the Philippines is really hard, you know. But uh, because of that, you know, really my life is really, I said, I am nothing. But praise God, there is a missionary who shared to me the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realized that the life I have is coming from, the, from God. And he has a purpose. And that's the time that my life has changed. My life, you know, before they said to me, I am nothing, but I have everything because of Jesus. And because of that, you know, my life really changed. I grew spiritually. I got involved in the ministry. I found out the true love is only coming from the Lord. And that's the time that my life really began. Not, 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 uh, you know, but because I, I have, I have uh, angry to my because I am the eldest of, in, in our family. My, my mom and my dad separated because my grandmother, he, she really doesn't like my father. And because of that, no one cared for me. But praise God, Jesus Christ cared for me. Amen? Amen. And uh, I surrendered my life to the Lord because I realized that the life I have is coming, is come from Him. And uh, until I decided to go to Bible school, I was first year. And uh, my wife is third year that time. I tried to hide, but she always looked at me. <laughs> and uh, by God's grace, after I finished my, uh, my uh, college in a seminary, I started the mission work that really by faith, you know. I, my, my senior pastor could not able to support me and everything, but I know God has a purpose in my life. I started this ministry in 2009. It's really hard, really hard. But we keep going until 2013. You know, my family they thought they they did not help me because they really measure my life. They bullied me because they said to me, "Oh, you have become a pastor. You you will become crazy and everything." But I know the God the God that we serve is a living God. Then 2013, when I came here to further my knowledge of the Word of God, and after I finished, I went back home. I left my family that time. By faith, because you know, away to my family, hard to speak in English. But this one thing I had, I hold on, the faith in Christ, amen. amen. And this is what the Lord had done uh, after I went back home to the Philippines.
I am missionary Mark Martinez from the Philippines. I am pastor of New Life Fundamental Baptist Church. I am married to Katrine Martinez, and we're blessed with two children, Daniel Jake and Shekinah Janikalin. The Lord blessed me and gave me the opportunity to study at the United States in 2013 to 2016. After I finished, I went back home with my family in the Philippines and continued the work of the Lord God has made and continue to work marvelous things. New Life Fundamental Baptist Church, from holding church services under the tree, moving to the garage, and finally, the Lord allowed us to purchase a piece of land and build a church building in 2016. It proves God's power and provision. People couldn't believe that Baptist believers would be able to build a church building too. It has been a lighthouse in our place, and we are able to reach the people not only in our place, but also in the nearby areas. The Lord has given us the opportunity to share the blessed gospel in government offices, in public schools, in hospitals, in private sectors, and in the community. And the Lord continued to add in the church. New believers followed Christ in water baptism and still adding. Though the devil tries to trick and stop me with this pandemic and with my physical illness, this has even defend my dedication and encouraged me to serve him more. The Lord continued to use us in spreading the gospel and God's love through giving relief goods during pandemic, feeding ministry, house to house, uh, Bible studies, youth ministry. We also conduct track distribution, soul winning, children outreaches, Bible studies. Our Lord opened two mission work in two nearby areas. We decide that God will grant us a church building once again in this two mission work and that more people will hear the gospel. Thank you for your partnership, love, prayers, and financial support. For without you, your partnership, it will be impossible for me to do it alone. Thank you for your faithfulness and love for the mission work which is the heartbeat of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am asking once again that continue to pray for me, my family, and the ministry that God entrusted me in the Philippines. I am praying for 10 more churches, families, or individuals that would support me $50 monthly. My brothers and sisters in the Lord, the Lord our Savior, may come any moment. Let us keep on keeping on till our Jesus Christ comes. And someday up in heaven, you will savor the fruit and reward of your labor for eternity. Once again, thank you. And may God continually bless us. God, amen. amen. Um, please pray for us uh, because the reason why we are here, we left our children. We are praying that we could able to build a building in other mission work. We have already uh, two mission work and one church established. And I am praying that uh, these two mission work, we could able to uh, buy a piece of land and build a, and build a building. And at the same time, if you can consider it, uh, we are praying for uh, a band. If you can see that the, the motorcycle that we are using, for you American, we can put two or three American, but Filipino, ten. Amen? <laughs> so we are praying that we could able to reach more and we could able, because our ministry started to the children ministry. We fed them, 
and then share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back 2009, those children that we are teaching are now, they grown. They get involved in the ministry. We train them now. And one of the, uh, one of the fruit of our ministry, this young boy is very stubborn, hard-headed, and by God's grace, he got saved. And now he's in the Bible school. And one, one more thing, blessing, his family now are member of our church. And our, and our prayer is uh, we could able to, you know, reach more children because at this time, every week, we are feeding 100 to 120 children every week. And I, I, um, I am praying that the Lord will add my uh, support because when I came here, um, before I came here, one of our supporters uh, dropped my support $200 because she could not able to continue because she lost her job and everything. And uh, that's why we are praying that additional support. And uh, pray for us. You know, uh, we, we, we are, we're here for two months now. We away to our, to our children. Our daughter, she is four years old. She thought when we come here, um, we're going back home. When we traveled, go, going back here, I going here in, in Vermont, they, she thought we're going back home, but I told to her that soon, just keep praying for us. Amen? Amen. So, um, if you are, uh, any question, probably later, and uh, sorry, thank you so much for this opportunity that you gave to us. All right, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Jonah. Book of Jonah in your Old Testament. Jonah is an account of an early missionary. And we're going to look here and we're going to see how that you and I can learn so much from his personal experience. Acts chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 says, it, it, um, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. This text reminds us that Jesus Christ gave to you and I a command to reach the world with the gospel. Starting at our Jerusalem, our local area, reaching all the way to the uttermost parts of the earth. In fact, our theme for this week is the uttermost. You see this little banner right here. It says the uttermost. And on the front of your missions book, it has Victory Baptist Church, the uttermost. Because this month, throughout October, we're going to be focusing on our responsibility to impact the uttermost part of all the world. Well, Jonah was an individual who knew and loved God, just like you, just like me. Somebody who was committed to him, worshipped him, faithfully gave to him, served him. But when Jonah was asked to do something exceedingly difficult, he kind of pulled back a little bit. And we're going to look at that. And hopefully my goal this morning is that we would learn from Jonah's mission. We'd learn from what he did, and we'd learn some things we should and shouldn't do. If you look with me at the first 10 verses there in Jonah, I'm going to read to you chapter 1, verses 1 down through 10. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Nineveh was a huge ancient city, but it was an exceedingly wicked city. Barbaric, cruel. They were a conquering people over the nation of Israel. And they were hated by the Jewish people. The Ninevites had no regard whatsoever for the welfare of the Israelites. They pillaged their land. They took their seed to replant. They would go into their countryside and kill, take prisoners, enslave people. The Ninevites were truly despised by the Israelites. So all of a sudden God says, I want you, Jonah, to go to Nineveh, that great city, 
And I want you to go in there and preach the gospel to them for their wickedness has come up before me. I wanted them to go there and bring the truth, bring the, bring the truth of God, the offering of salvation to these people, repentance called unto these people. So what does Jonah do? But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So we find out what's he doing? He's running, isn't he? But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares and were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the side of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, every one to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? From whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. As we look at the very beginning of the book of Jonah, we are faced with the simple question, what is it that Jonah is going to do? When we look at verse 2, we see that he patiently listened to what God had for him. It tells us that God told him, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. Meaning, stand up in the city, in the midst of the city, and preach to these people who are so wicked. He listened. Just as you and I are here this morning listening. He didn't tune him out, just like you're not tuning me out right now, right? Of course not. He was attentive, but, he, but what he wasn't was obedient. Because when we look at verse 3, it says, But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, which was on the coast. So we find that he goes and runs from God and he goes down to Joppa. The very next thing it says is he goes down onto a boat. And then as we go a little bit farther in the text, we'll find that he goes down into the hold, the hull of the ship and falls asleep. So we find Jonah who's called of God to go and the only place he goes is down, down, down. He is not headed in the right direction, is he? He's trying to run from God. He's trying to hide from God. He's trying to flee from whatever it is the Lord has asked him to do. Now the Lord hasn't told him, I want you to sell your house and give it to the poor. The Lord hasn't said to Jonah, I want you to abandon your wife and your kids. He's just said, I need you to do a mission for me. I just need you to do a job for me. I just need you to go to the people who you despise. The people that you fear. The people you do not understand. Those who are wicked and without faith. And I simply want you to go to the city and cry out to them. That they might know that there is a God who loves them. A God who wants them to repent. A God who wants them to come to faith. But Jonah, he is not going to do that. In fact, what do we find Jonah doing? 
We find him when the shipmaster goes to look for him down in the hole of the ship. So the shipmaster in verse 6 says that he came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? I find that so interesting. Humankind, you know, the Bible teaches us that there is no new sin under the sun. People are people. Throughout the ages, they're the same. So here's the captain of this ship, and we find a little edge of sarcasm, don't we? All the rest of the guys on the ship, they're working, they're getting things in order, they're dealing with the storm that has come up, people are stressed, they're bullying and jamming, trying to get the job done. And where's Jonah? He's sleeping. Now, I personally envy those who have the gift of sleep. Sandra Joe has the gift of sleep. If she's tired, she can, she can go into bed and bam, she is asleep. I'm just the opposite. Man, I have to wait until that sleepy hits me and then I try to get to bed fast enough to fall asleep. But Jonah's got the gift of sleep. He's trying to run from God and he decides, I'm going to go down to Joppa. I'm going to go down to the, bo to the boatyard there the, where the wharfs are. And I'm going to go down into a ship. And then when he gets in the ship, he goes all the way down into the hull. If you've ever gone over in Massachusetts and you've gone to see the Mayflower. How, how many have ever gone to see the Mayflower? Oh, you've got to go see the Mayflower. You're in New England. Drive down there. Go to Plymouth. Go out on the Mayflower next summer. But you go out there and all of a sudden you, you see how primitive a ship can really be. A ship that goes across the sea. It's incredible. And he goes down, right down into the, the hull of the ship. And there he winds up and he goes to sleep. And the captain, he's aggravated. Listen, they're fighting for their lives. A storm has arisen. Where is this Jonah guy? Where's this guy who paid the fare? But man, we all got to do our part because we're going to sink. And he finds him and he says, Oh, thou sleeper. A little sarcastic there. Listen to what he goes on to say. What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. He's saying, look, if you can't get up and work, at least get up and pray because we're going to die. Verse 7 tells us, and they said everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon none other than Jonah. So now all the other guys know Jonah is the problem. And Jonah has one thing in mind, and that is to flee, to get away from his responsibility. He doesn't want to know anything about missions to go to this city of Nineveh where all these wicked people are. All he wants to do is sleep and make believe it's all going to go away. And of course we know that it's not. In fact, as we come down into verse 8, it says, Then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? Where have you uh, From whence have you come? What is thy country? And uh, what, of what people art thou? So they want to know, who are you? Where are you from? What kind of people are you? What's the deal, O sleeper? <coughs> and as we come down, it tells us that Jonah... He tells them. He tells them the whole story. He said to them, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Now they're wondering, well, if you fear God, you know God, you love God. What's the deal? Then were the men exceedingly afraid. And they said, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them. All of a sudden, Jonah was spiritually naked and exposed to every one of them. He had told them, I'm a Hebrew. I know and love God. 
But God has asked me to get involved in missions. And I don't want to be involved in missions. So I went down to Joppa. I went down and got into a boat. And now I've gone down and got into the very hole of the ship. And I just want to sleep and make believe it's going to go away. And all the guys on the boat are saying, this guy is our problem. <laughs> it's not the wares. In other words, all the, all the stuff that they're shipping. It's not the storm. It's him. You and I in our lives, we have to sometimes step back and ask, am I the problem? You know, God really does want to reach the world with the gospel. In fact, what's the scripture say? It says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So has God done his part? Oh, absolutely. And beyond. So much so that he himself left heaven above, took upon himself the form of a man, was willing to live, suffer, die by crucifixion for your sins and mine. Resurrect, ascend up into heaven, and there he is in glory calling out to you and I and saying, hey, I need you to evangelize the world. I need you to do what I asked Jonah to do. I need you to go, either go or send. Somehow we got to get the message out to the world. And of course the question is this morning, am I doing my part or am I trying to sleep through it? Are we saying, boy, pastor, that's a little loud. I wish you'd turn it down because I'm trying to nap here. <laughs> Maybe you're at home and you're live streaming the service this morning and you're thinking, boy, preacher, you're kind of interfering with my donuts and coffee this morning. <laughs> Jonah went down, 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 trying to get away, but he's not going to get away, is he? What is it that he really wants? Look with me down to verse 11. Then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee? that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea is wrought and was tempestuous. And he said to them, take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. So what is it that Jonah wants? He says, throw me father down. I know I came from Joppa down, and then from Joppa down to the wharfs, and then from the wharfs down into the hull of the ship, but I need you to throw me down into the sea. And that way your problems will go away, and I will, I will just perish. I mean, he, this is a guy who's really given up on life. It, he, you might... You might think that God asked him to cut his right arm off. I mean, all the Lord asked him to do was to go and preach the gospel. But we see him take the most extreme measures. What is it he wants? He really wants to get away at any cost. He wants to escape. Look at verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon his innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So these guys, these workers, these sailors on this ship, they're turning to the Lord and they're saying, Lord, we don't want to throw this guy in the ocean. We don't want his blood to be upon us. Just still the storm. And it is an interesting thing that all around the world, there are people so desperate to have the storms of life smooth out. Show me any way, anyhow, they cry out to whoever their God is, whatever their God is. 
And they asked for God to bring peace on earth. They asked God to end the famines. They asked God to go ahead and provide their basic needs. They're crying out to the Lord for the answers in whatever their circumstances are. And you and I have the answer. We have the truth. It's right here. People are looking everywhere, aren't they? They pray to totem poles. They, they pray to uh, stone statues of fat men. They, it, all kinds of different things around the world that people do. Looking for answers. And all along, you and I hold the answer. Just like Jonah. It's not that Jonah didn't know what the problem was and didn't know the answer. He just didn't want to know. These guys have great character, though. They're saying, Lord, we don't want it. We don't want to take this man's life. But the storm is going to sink their ship. Verse 15 says, so they took up Jonah. They cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. At this point, these sailors have greater character than the man who's been called to do the mission's work. These guys see God's hand at work. They see him calm the storm. And it says they turn to him and they offer him a sacrifice and they pray to him. But look at what takes place as we come down to verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now we know this is a tremendous picture. It's an Old Testament picture of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was buried three days and three nights and then he arose. And we are going to see Jonah come out of this. In fact, the great fish is going to spit him up on the beach. But we find Jonah at this place in a real difficult spot. He wanted to just die. Throw me in the sea. Let me die. He was happy to be asleep in the hull of the ship. Just let me escape. I, you know, people today, they do drugs. They, they're workaholics. They do whatever they can to just escape regular life. Just like Jonah. But sometimes we have to step up and we've got to say, okay, Lord, what is it you want? And I need to go ahead and yield. What is it that Jonah really needs? Look with me down to chapter two. Then Jonah prayed. We see a shift here, don't we? Because remember when God said to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go down to Nineveh. And I simply want you to go to the city and cry out the message of hope and repentance to these people. You don't see Jonah pray. We just see him trying to escape. Leaves, goes down to Joppa, goes down into the boat, goes down into the very hull of the boat. And there he's going to try to sleep his problems away. But when it really came push to shove, when even dying didn't work, he finds himself in the belly of the great fish. Then Jonah prayed. He prayed unto the Lord his God out of that fish's belly. And this is what he said. I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the sea. The floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves, they passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. It's interesting when he says that. Because what has Jonah been trying to do? He's been trying to escape. He's been trying to escape. Anything, anywhere, any, any reason that I can get away from God, I will do. 
But when, when we look at this, it says, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. So he finally went down deep enough. Listen to verse 5. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Jonah thought he could go down far enough by going into the hull of the ship and going to sleep. But God was going to bring him much deeper. God was going to bring him to the bottom of the mountains of the sea. If you ever watch one of those National Geographic shows about the whales, it's incredible how deep the whales can go into the deepest of the seas. It's amazing. So I envision Jonah swallowed by this great fish. And we don't know what kind of fish it was. But this great fish swallows him and there's an air pocket inside that fish's gut. And there is Jonah. And as he goes down, if you've watched any of those old submarine movies, you can hear the creaking as the pressure and the bolts. You know, of course, he's not in a submarine, but he's in a great fish. So envision the ribs just compressing. He can hear it. The air pocket's getting smaller as it, the pressure crushes. He says, the weeds are wrapped around my head, and I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper. Captain of the ship is counting off how deep they're going. Well, no, that's right. There's no captain in the ship. <laughs> But when he gets to the bottom, it's far enough. It's time to pray. And he reaches out to God. And he says, yes, I'm now so down that I've got to look up. And you and I, when it comes to missions, listen, God hasn't asked you to cut your arm off. He hasn't asked you to sacrifice your kids. Hasn't asked you to leave your family. He's just simply asked you to do whatever he wants you to do. Maybe that is to yield and give so much so that you can send a missionary. Or maybe he asked you, would you be willing to go? I'll, I'll lead you. I'll go with you, he says. Would you go? Each of us, when it comes to missions, we, like Jonah, have to make some decisions. What do we do? What do we want to do? What do we need to do? Jonah needed to pray. He needed to get his heart right. He needed to do what God called him to do. And when you read down through the rest of chapter 2, you find him praying and reaching out to God. You find him repenting. Verse 7 says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. I think, I think Jonah... I think he reflected and he thought to himself, what's my problem? Why am I not willing to do what God called me to do? I think it's my own vanity. I hate these Ninevites. They, they're cruel. They're abusive. They're wicked. I'm not going to go down there. I'm not going to go there. And he realized, what's my problem? God asked me to do it. Why am I not willing? Verse 9. 
But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And look what happens in verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. You and I, man, I hope we never find ourselves in a fish's belly. I'm hoping I don't have to be vomited out anywhere. I mean, my hope and my, my desire for our church is that we don't have to go down, down, down to finally say, Lord, what would you have me to do? My hope is that we as a church, we say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. So send me. And if not me, help me to send our brother Mark. That's what it takes. It just takes a willing heart. He's not trying to make you poor. He's not trying to rob you of your home, your family. He's just looking for you and I to say, yes, I'm willing. Whatever it is that you want from me, Lord, I'm willing. Most importantly, if you are here this morning, and you've never received Christ as your Savior, that's what it's all about. That's why God was sending Jonah, so that people could find salvation. And you, in your heart and in your life, if you're here today, you have the very reason that God left heaven above and died on the cross, so that you could have eternal life. But you and I that have already received Christ, we have to be willing. Not to run away, but to say yes. I'd like you to bow your heads with me this morning. As we come to the end of the service, as we come to the end of the message, surely we don't want to do what Jonah did. I think what we really want to do is simply say, yes, Lord. Do you want me to be a missionary? I'll go. Or yes, Lord, I will help others to go. What would you have me to do? Let's have a, a word of prayer. Brother John's going to close you with a little chorus, but I want to close this with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for our church family. And Lord, I do pray that you'd help us to be open and receptive to your call. Lay upon our hearts what it is you would have us to do, whether to go or to send. Please be with Brother Mark Martinez and his wife, Catherine. I pray that you would be with them as they travel America, report to churches, and then go home to their four-year-old and their 15-year-old. I pray that you give them safety. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Amen, we're dismissed this morning.